Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all? Oh, Sam. Oh, oh, oh. We're back. The narrative pod, Sam. The narrative pod. Our second. least favorite, but somehow the most popular with, with the fans. Back by popular demand. The people, yeah. they love it. They need we it. We love to break down the games. People don't want to hear that, apparently. They just no. want to hear our hot takes. It's what people live for. Yeah, exactly. They want to hear us talk about the U.S. versus Ghana. Uh, That's a great game. Wonderful Ghana, game. Ghana's down. They're down bad. They are down bad. You know, it's... Who could believe it? A team starting Jordan Ayew is bad. What about Andre Ayew? Is he still around? Only for Forrest. No, he, he was not in the team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unbelievable. Good Unbelievable. enough to get in Forrest, but not Ghana. So anyways, back, like you said, narrative pod... For all the wonderful viewers out there, what do we got to kick it off with? Well, first off, we got to cover that it's going to be match weeks 9, 10, 11, and 12 before the next international break. So that we're kind of, you know, going off that, um, what's happened so far, and obviously looking ahead to those four fixtures before really the last international break until, what, February? I was going to say... I was going to say, how are there so many international breaks? Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's normally this many, but it feels like they snuck an extra one in on us. But Truly apparently, does. alas, we still have an extra one to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got one more to go, and then uh, we'll be set for a good while. I think it's until February. I could be wrong, but I'm 99% sure it's until February. Well, I'm I'm banking on you to have this information correct. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to... Otherwise, we're all going to look a fool. Break your kneecaps. Pretty much. Let's get right into it, Sam. You know, I always like to start off these talking about awards. Marriage of the award, a little early to talk about, and it typically goes to whoever wins the league anyways. I'm really interested that this year we have an actual race for Player of the Year award against Sam. That is true. That is true. I listed and I sent them all to you. The people that I think that right now have a genuine case for Player of the Year. Do you think I left anyone off? I named four, five, six, seven, eight guys. Do you think I left anyone off? Uh, yeah, I don't see Pedro Neto here. I was thinking because we have a topic coming up for Player of the Year for each team that we have. Mm-hmm. I thought about putting Wolves in there, and I was going to give you my hot take is that it's Wang Hee Chan as their player of the year. Wang Hee Chan. 
I think it is. I mean, their issue, I don't want to get too much into it, but Sam, their issue is they don't have a goal score for how long. He's actually scoring goals this year, therefore it's him. They always had chance creators, never had the chance scores. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going Um, to respectfully disagree. You know, another one I think maybe some people would say, the team in first place, Hunman's son. Okay. I feel like you'd have to look more at the defense, and I don't know if it. I guess it'd have to be Pedro Porro more than Son, because let's let's get into it. My front runner right now has to be James Madison. It's got to okay. be James Madison. He's just okay. absolutely killing it, and he's the most influential component to a machine that's in first place. It has to be said. Um, now, if you want to go Son or Madison. You know, pick your poison. I would say Madison's been better. I think he's been all around the best player. I think if you go off metrics, just as far as like match rating and stuff, he has the highest match rating of any player on a per game basis. Um, but you would maybe say Sun over Madison, or you just include Sun as an honorable mention kind of guy. I think I just include Sun. I think uh, okay. I think both. That's could be fair. On me. That's fair. I had Sokka, and this is in no particular order. I just kind of went down that table. Sokka, next. Would you say Sokka over Odegaard? Is that fair? Here's a hot take. I'd say Saliba. Saliba, okay. And I'm not ashamed. I get it. I think it's one of those things where Sokka's performances haven't been as good as years past, but in terms of results and stats still mm-hmm. being just as good because yeah. he's still getting goals and assists. It's just, he's uh, maybe not doing it as aesthetically pleasing. And Arsenal has been a little more reliant on their defense and attack this year. That attack hasn't looked quite as good as last year, but yes. I mean, part of that's going to be, you know, Martinelli hasn't got it going, you know, part of it is Trossard hasn't been quite as good. So um, I think given the fact that Arsenal's attack hasn't been, amazingly spectacular. Uh, I think Sokka being the best component of that attack is is a major component Mm -hmm. uh, for them. And also, part of it, as stupid as it sounds, he's just kind of the face of Arsenal, I would have to say. So part of it, that would play in. Not for me, because I'm I'm a purist, Sam. Whoever the best player is, you know. I'm down for it, but I think people would uh, lean towards Sokka. Well, this I one mean, might be controversial. The, oh, go ahead. The, the academy aspect to it as well, you know. Yeah, that's fair. the academy. So. Yeah, English, English tax, English bias, perhaps, maybe a little bit. Yes. Feels like every every opponent or opposing fan uh, loves soccer too. So. Well, how could you not? I don't. He's a good lad. Uh, Rodri. That's pretty controversial given the fact he's hurt. But we saw how important he was when you City mean was suspended. clicking. Yeah. Yeah. Um but without him, I mean, it's just they don't look even like half as good, Sam. Yeah. I, it's just I not think, the same. This is like strengthen the case that he's on. missing games. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Uh Trippier, rough first couple games. And now, since the first international break, he's picked it up. Uh, looking real good. Newcastle kind of running in the form. Part of it is Newcastle had some tougher games, too. Uh, 
Mo Salah quietly going about his business, having another great season. Yeah. Joachim Anderson might be the ultimate out of nowhere potential guy for it. Yeah, that's uh that's an interesting pick. But, he's you just, know, he's been one of have the uh, most clean sheets so far. Yeah, and they just I think it's no matter which metrics you look at in eye test, they just have at least a top four defense. And Palace are kinda hanging around their top table top half of the table right now. I think he has to be just for consideration. James Ward Prowse, best player in West Ham, seventh place West Ham right now, kind of catching people off guard, playing well. I mean, how can you say that he's been anything other than a terrific signing, Sam? Absolutely. I think personally, I might, I might just say Jared Bowen. You know. Okay. Just personally, you know, just just That's so fair. I can disagree with you on every single selection that you've picked. Oh, good. Well, we, we normally agree too much. That's our problem. Yes, we need to be more controversial. Yeah, exactly. And then Holland, to wrap it off, don't care what people say about him not being as efficient. Yeah, he's he still sucks. scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, so those are the eight I had. You would have Son and Saliba to round out if you wanted to make it 10. Yes. If you had to pick uh, one right now, I think in form it has to be Madison. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But obviously, these things change. No, I'm just glad that you know it wasn't too egregious that I missed too many people for your liking. See, I have a problem though because you missed someone very important. Who's that? Sam Johnston. Sam Johnston leads the league four clean sheets. Hey, keeper's got to get some love out here, right? Yeah. Also, second missed one. Ukraine Bolt. The man's on fire. He scored He's a goal. He did score a goal. And he scored a goal for Ukraine. I would mm. be worried, Sam. Be you got to line up against that man this week. Yes, sir. I, I thought you were going to say that I didn't put uh, Raz in there. <laughs> yes, true. He's been cooking. He's been cooking, but he is nowhere near team of the team of the year so far. Um. All right, let's let's get some team topics. In here, Sam. Let's continue the player of the year talk, but specific to each team. Mm -hmm. And there's just a few. When we did mention that a couple of these people were on the list just for player of the year, but I want to just get your take as far as the specific team goes. So we'll list a few teams, and we're going to go through the player of the years for each of those teams right now. Sam, let's start off Man U. This is, I wanted to pick really Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, Marquee teams, but even if they're not good, like Man U right now, I just want to get your take. Who would you say has been their most important and influential, impactful player on their team so far this year, Sam? Johnny Evans. <laughs> Might as well. Um, you know, honestly, this is a really hard... Um, I know. Uh, I tried to make it as hard as possible for you. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just like... Bruno Fernandez by default. Um, but he hasn't yeah. been very good. I think I might have to go Hoyland. Is my initial thought yeah. is what I thought. And he hasn't even been like that great. And he's had a couple unlucky things as far as um He hasn't even scored a goal yet. <laughs> yeah, he he did, but it was disallowed and 
there's a couple things going on. I don't know. It it's really tough when you when you think about it. <laughs> but it it Sam, who you got? Give me give me it. Need to hear it now. What? I said Bruno for You want to go Bruno? Yeah. You're going Bruno. Oof. I think you have to. I guess. I mean, who else? Uh, Juan Visaka? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's locking everyone down. Lindelof? Uh, hey, they want to extend him. They can't let him leave for free. That's where, man, you are at. Well. Yeah, I guess it's Bruno. I guess you don't really have a choice, and he hasn't even... Just by default. Have... That's it. Yeah. Um, Man City, would you go Holland or Rodri? I think it's got to be Rodri just for the point that you brought up earlier. I mean, you take him out of the team and immediately two losses. Yeah. I mean, we've we've yeah, seen it's... we've seen where Holland has been out of the team and they find goals from other Match sources. Together a bit. I think people would kind of consider um Alvarez for a bit, but he's a bit too hit or miss for me. To where people who love Alvarez kind of bring him up when he's popping off, and then when he's not, you don't hear it's just crickets from those people. Yeah, for sure. So it's the same. It's virtually the same thing as Holland, and it's like he has more impact on the game. It's like, yeah, because he plays out wide and he's further back. Holland's a nine. Like I don't know. Do you want a TV show for your take on that? What are you talking about? Obviously, but. All right, Sam. Arsenal. And you were saying for Arsenal, you're thinking Saliba over Saka. Yeah, I think it's got to be Saliba. The attack has not been clicking so far this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Saliba, he hasn't put a foot wrong so far this season. So I think he's been fantastic. I think also probably my second pick would be Declan Rice at this point. He's been excellent. Yeah, I think it's still Saka for me, but um, you're talking about how the attack has been kind of lackluster. He's been the one kind of shining bright spot that's constant for the attack. And I think that there's more talent so far this year in form kind of surrounding Saliba uh, in the defensive aspect, whereas, like I said, a lot of out-of-form guys in attack, which kind of means, you know, Saka's still putting up the same numbers yet. Um. He's not having as much help as he has in the past. Yeah. Also with Gabby Jesus being, you know, and out of the lineup and the rolling with Eddie and Katia and I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of flux in the attack and the one constant is Sala. Sala. Saka. <laughs> and yeah. uh I don't know. It feels like the, the defense is just rock solid no matter what. And Asliba is the most important piece to that, but still it's one of those things where you know, it's not like Ben White has been out of form this year yeah. as compared to years past and stuff like that. So that's really my reasoning. Not to mention he's got Raya and, and or Ramsdale to kind of support him back there too if he has to be bailed out. So I, I just feel like it's Sokka for me. But um, No call for Kai Havertz? <laughs> good one. Good one, lad. Maybe, maybe good later one. in the year. Maybe later in the year. Uh, Aston Villa. Player of the year for Aston Villa, Sam. Aston Villa. Hmm. 
Let's see. Let's see. Let me let me take a look at their squad and see what we got cooking here. Just to this is a tough lay the one. cards out all on the this, table. This is definitely a tough one because you there's know? many aspects you can look at it. Whether you want to go Kamara in midfield or Doug Louise, or you want to go attack because Watkins has popped off for a little bit, but it's been kind of all or nothing mm-hmm. in terms of attack. Diaby's been fantastic for them. Uh, there's many avenues you can go. Matty Cash has had a quite a season so far. Yeah, I think for me it'd be uh, Doug Louise holding down the midfield. He's been been very good so far. But Ollie Watkins, yeah, I mean that's a real toss up between him and him and Watkins. You feel like they're like right there with each other and and Diaby is maybe just a half step behind there. He's been excellent as you said. Mhm. Yeah, it's it's like I said, this was a real interesting one when I picked this one cuz it's like it could be you know a bunch of different options. Yeah. Uh and I think that just well, kind of sums up Aston Villa as a team right now. They're not relying on one player. It's a very much a team effort. Yeah, oh, 100%. There's definitely a lot of balance throughout their squad. Um, but I think I'd have to agree with you. I think I'd go Doug Louise, but it's not a, you know. it's. I would say if you had to make me pick Doug Louise or you'd make me pick a second one, I'd probably go Diaby. But, I mean, man, Maddie Cash and Ollie Watkins are right there too. So mm-hmm. can't really go wrong. And then I put this team on there just because it's interesting. We we think it's, you know, probably Sala, but is there anyone else that has a shout for player of the year for Liverpool? Allison, perhaps. Trent has at least been back. He's been playing a lot better. Yeah. Sabojulai has been absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. for them. And a lot of people, especially of rival fans, are very like, oh, one, one goal, no assist. And it's like, okay. I don't know if you're watching what he's doing out there, but the work he's putting in as an eight is fantastic. McAllister's been good and a lot better at that six kind of pivot spot than I thought he would be. Yeah, I think... I've actually um, been not super impressed with their attack. I think their best, their second best attack guy this year has probably been Darwizi Habibi. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, it feels like... Uh... Diaz hasn't quite hit the levels that we saw before. Jota has been kind of meh. Gakpo has been kind of meh. It feels like Gakpo, Diaz, and Jota kind of rotate whose turn it is to do something. Yeah. Yeah, I think obviously Salah's got to be number one, but then, yeah, if you're looking at that second spot... Would you go Allison or Trent? Probably Allison's probably always in that in that conversation for sure. And then Trent has been, been great. And I think Robertson has been great as well too, but yeah, good bounce back here for both the fullbacks. Some good options. Like you said, McAllister and suppose has been, been excellent so far. Uh, they've really fit into the team nicely, I think. And that's, that's something we've talked about previously is this seems to be Liverpool's, um, Something that they're really good at is just bringing in guys and acclimating them to they the know team. Their transfer strategy is fantastic because they know exactly what they need. 
Yeah. Mm. So the whole getting, you know, Endo, people were kind of crapping on them about, they haven't even really used him that much. He's been kind of what we thought when they signed him, where it's like, he's just a rotational guy. So we'll see. Maybe as the year goes on, he'll play a little bigger role for them uh, against the lower Premier League sides. But yeah, they mm-hmm. really haven't had to use him. They just use McAllister. Yeah. All right, Sam. There's one thing I sent you earlier in the week that was we laugh at expected goals and stuff like that and you know what it what it really means, but the whole um you know, points table based on expected goals that the Premier League kinda, you know, tweeted out. Yeah. And stuff like that, and you can see who's been kinda who's getting unlucky, who's kinda fortunate. And I compiled the biggest teams that move around up and down up and down as far as uh you know who's outgained their expected performance versus who's you know kind of below expected performance so we're going to go over most fortunate clubs so far and we're going to rank them as far as you know how fortunate you think they are okay so we'll start off we have tottenham based on expected goals which again we take with a grain of salt but to a certain extent it tells about, you know, 20% of the story. We'll say 25% of the story, somewhere in there. You know, based on that, Tottenham sitting in seventh. And you think about what's happened so far, especially last month, to the draw with Arsenal. is good, even though it was a Jorginho error. They don't win that game, but it happened, so they draw. There's a completely missed goal for Liverpool. That completely changed the course of the game, and it ended up they went they won that game because they had an own goal at the end, scored for them. And the um, red card as well, and the red card as well. Yeah, so a couple things kind of bounce in their way, to uh, to say the least. Even to go even like the Sheffield United game, mm-hmm. I don't know how any team in the right mind blows that, but I guess we saw Brentford blow it. So is what it is. Uh, I don't know. It feels like they're kind of fortunate this year so far, no? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would rank them right there, number one, most fortunate. Not saying that they haven't been good, but definitely luck has yes. been on their side. And this is something we've talked about too, is that their strength of schedule to start the season has been pretty easy. I mean, they face like all the bottom teams so far. And they've played Arsenal, Liverpool, and United. Mm-hmm. And they beat Liverpool, obviously, given the you know situation that that game was. Drew Arsenal. And they beat United. And United right now, this is when you want to be playing Man U. Yeah. Because they're just a shell of themselves. They're what they're supposed to be. But yeah, they beat Burnley. They beat Bournemouth. They beat Sheffield. They beat Luton. Yeah. And they drew with Brentford, who are not very good so far. Yeah, so that's something that definitely has to be considered. Um, all those things brought together. I think that puts them at number one most fortunate. Okay. We'll keep going down the list and rank them at the end here. Next up, we have Brighton. Brighton sitting in f- sixth at the moment. They're 10th in that expected goals, expected kind of performance table. I think part of that is just, you know, 
they haven't been creating as many chances as years past, but I mean, they still have more quality now than they ever have. So they're bound to score more goals, you know, than what are expected. I mean, there's remember the days, Sam, where Brighton were near the tops in expected goals and they couldn't uh, crack anything. Yeah, because absolutely. they just didn't have they'd have Neil Maupai or they had you know they were like they the had? OG expected goals team. They're the OG analytics team. Yeah, <laughs> like it. It is what it is. But yeah, now with the and they're getting more rotation in with some of the younger guys. We talked about Deserby's tactics. It feels like there's a bit more hit or miss this year than last year. But do you think that that's fair that they should be? a bit lower on the table. Cause I, I honestly, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, I felt like sixth feels about right. There's one or two games where they kind of got smoked. And with all the analytics stuff, whenever goal differential is huge for that stuff, for whatever reason. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes teams are just good at winning closer and then they lose big. It mm-hmm. just happens. doesn't mean that they're, you know, necessarily fraudulent, but I don't know. I, I saw that and I was, I was not as peak. Uh, it didn't peak my interest as much as a couple other teams that we listed. It's hard to look at a team like Brighton and look at their schedule so far, the games that they've played, how many goals they've scored so far this season. Luton, they scored four. Wolves, they scored four. Newcastle, three. United, three. Bournemouth, three. Um, Liverpool, two. They've scored a lot of goals so far this season, so it's hard to look at a team that scores that much and say that they don't deserve it. Um, See, that, obviously, and that's obviously what I'm saying. there's a couple of red flags with the Villa game and, you know, maybe even the uh, the West Ham game. Yeah. I think that that's kind of what it catches uh, your eye when you look at this. It's like, eh, you know, I don't know. And then you see those and you're like, that, that just factors, the analytics factors that in more than we do. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, it's those games we just write up and we're like, ah, you know, it chalk happens. it up to yeah, exactly. But analytics they actually take that into account more than we do. Third up, we got West Ham. West Ham right now sitting in seventh. You go know, based off the expected performance, the expected goals table. They're sitting fourteenth. Sam, this is just a classic case of a team that plays counterattack football, and. Do they score more goals in there? Probably, you know, people would think, I guess. But that's what happens when you have kind of high-quality players and actual professionals that know what they're doing and go about their business the right way. And you're set up tactically, correctly, and pragmatically by David Moyes. You read my mind, absolutely. This exactly illustrates that this is down to a play style thing with West Ham. They play more defensively, and they're efficient on the counterattack. So obviously this particular stat is going to not favor them as much. And that's the important thing when we're looking at stats is to add context to them. And I think that's what you did perfectly. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything else I can really add. I mean, I think that applies to another team on this list. It's it's just kind of down to play style. Um, yes. Yeah. Next up, we have Fulham. Fulham sitting twelfth in the table. Expected performance, expected goals has them at sixteenth. I've been onto them, Sam. As far as I just 
don't think they're playing as well as the results would indicate. There's a couple games that really come to mind. And I feel like more games, like that Chelsea game, even though like the second goal they gave up was just sloppy and stupid, I just feel like there's a lot more of that in them this year than last year. And I think that they haven't really been punished in a certain way minus that Chelsea game. Other, is there another game that I can think of? Like the Everton game, they easily could have lost yep. to start the year. The Luton game, they didn't give up that many chances to Luton. But they also didn't have like a ton of chances, and they capitalized on one kind of crappy scramble that Kaminsky dropped. Yes. So I feel like Fulham, they're kind of peaking my fraudulent radar, as I've been saying for a bit. Yeah, I'm right there with you 100%. Their attack has been so weak so far this season. I've been frustrated with the the insistence on starting Raul Jimenez, who cannot score any goals. Um. Looks like they're moving on a bit more. Started Vinicius in the last game against Sheffield United, and that turned mm-hmm. out better. Obviously, he didn't didn't really contribute, but they did score more goals. So, True. maybe a, a sign of things to come. But yeah, I'm right there with you. They are peaking the fraudulent radar just a bit. Yeah, and last up we have Crystal Palace. Ninth in the table right now, expected goal, expected performance at in 12th. Part of this is just their attack. It's just not their strong suit. We know that. Their best playmakers, besides Etze, are probably Anderson and Gay here, which are their center backs, which, yes, obviously, on the ball, playmaking center backs that allow you to play out the back, but you probably don't want that to be your second best uh, choice of attack. Um, for facilitating the ball forward. But there's been, you know, one or two games, I wouldn't say that they had fluky goals. I think, if anything, they miss out on a few chances that they should score. Namely, uh, Mateta was that last game? Yeah. So, it, you know, I, I they're probably last on this list for me. Or well, at least, like, tied with West Ham for last. I'd put West and Ham Brighton's last. what? What's that? I'd put uh, West Ham last, and then West Ham last. Yeah, I'll let you. Why don't you expand on Palace and how, how you feel about them right now? Yeah, that was the team that I was alluding to when we were talking about West Ham. I think it just comes down to play style. This year they've been pretty defensive. You know, they've been hamstrung a little bit with their attack. No Elise, uh, but they've got decent production out of Edward so far. Uh, so I think. West Ham and Crystal Palace, it comes down to play style, so I'd I'd go um, from most to least. I'd say Tottenham first, second would be Fulham, and then third I'd say uh, Brighton, and then fourth I would say Palace, and fifth West Ham. I would agree with those rankings. I could maybe even, you could talk me into Fulham over Tottenham, quite frankly, just because I... Even though Fulham's not as good as Tottenham, I feel like they've uh, really caught some breaks. There's a world in which I think Fulham right now could be sitting at like 18th or 19th or something, and they're like, oh man, what are we doing? Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to unluckiest clubs, maybe most unfortunate clubs so far, given the uh, points table and kind of expected goals, expected performance. Um, 
We have Newcastle, Chelsea, Everton, Brentford, and Luton. We'll start off in Newcastle. Part of it's just, you know, they had such a tough stretch to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have been playing pretty well, given the fact. I don't think people really have realized yet how insane of a start that was to the year for them. Yeah. Uh, having to play Villa, City. Uh, Liverpool. Liverpool as well. Brighton. It's Brighton. Yeah. I mean, like, it just, the list goes on and on. And then they get to play Sheffield and they'll win 8 0. So, very, I mean, it's a very decent Brentford, even though they're not very decent so far this year. But no. Just a meme. Exactly. John Morley. Shout out Big John. Yes. Uh, and I think Newcastle's finally rounded into form. They have the depth. They got some quite the situation with Tenali coming up. Yeah. Uh, as far as the the betting goes, which by the way, this is if you don't think AC Milan didn't know about this and they tried to offload him beforehand, you'll never convince me otherwise. Italian teams are just shady, <laughs> shady, shady teams. I would try to limit my dealings with them. Yeah, I think only Todd Bowley to can said. pull it off by dropping all the old Chelsea guys there for twenty mil at AC Milan. But true, true. Um. Newcastle, you feel like they've been kind of unfortunate so far. I don't know if I'd say they're unfortunate. More so just, I guess, unfortunate that they got dealt the hand they did. But yeah. I feel like when they've played, it's been pretty deserved. It's just kind of unlucky. But then again, that 8-0 probably swung things way in the favor of Newcastle. It's like, oh, you blew out a terrible team and you hung close in other ones. So. Yeah, I would say definitely tough schedule, but I feel like they... They didn't start that great just in terms of performances. It seemed like there was a, a downgrade on last season, but it looks like they're picking things up a little bit. They did drop a point there against West Ham, but trending upwards. That they did, but also, well, yeah, because they drew West Ham and points. they could have won. Yeah, but the thing is, is that you can say unfortunate or fortunate, but I mean, they could have beat Liverpool. They were up against Liverpool inside 20 minutes and Liverpool a man down. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the, that game, too, the West Ham-Newcastle game, is it was all Newcastle. Yes. Chelsea, uh, points are 11th, expected performance 4th. I would say part of it, one or two results, I would say, are unlucky. But part of it was just Pochettino being very kind of adamant about a certain play style or really forcing one way to play. So I wouldn't say that they've been necessarily like unlucky. Yeah. I would say if there's one result that they for sure, that didn't go in their favor and probably should have, would probably say the Villa game. Mm-hmm. I felt like they at least deserve to draw that game, wouldn't you say? But other than that, does anything stick out in your mind about Chelsea kind of being unlucky or kind of undeserved as far as poor play so far? Mm, not. I don't, I don't think I'd say unlucky. I feel like they're just not a consistent enough team yet. And, and, you know, some of it comes down to the play style, like you said. Sure. 
part of it too, yeah, part of it is just play style and they create a lot of nothing, but they have so many passes. And eventually if you just have a ton of passes and you add that up over analytics and stuff, it's like, oh, well, they're getting forward. Oh, they're getting in the box. Oh, they're doing this. But it's like, if it just ends in more sideways passing, it's like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Um, I also thought about them putting them down for uh, player of the year. And I was going to shock you with my pick because I know you would say Sterling. Let me guess who you would say. All right, let's hear it. I don't think you'd get it. Cole Will. No. I think um, I would have went Gallagher. Gallagher, okay. Fair enough. Which is hilarious, the idea that Chelsea fans wanted him out. <laughs> yeah. And he's been better than Enzo and Caicedo. Although Enzo and Caicedo been okay. Let's move on. It was uh, Everton next. Everton, points table, 16th, expected goal, expected performance, 5th. Out of Liverpool and Tottenham, Sam. This just supports my uh, buy Everton stock theory. I'm telling you, folks, buy Everton stock. They're not that bad. I mean, they do suck, but there's there's something in them. I think they'll be fine, though, because I think they actually made good signings again. Yes. With Harrison, with Beto, yes. with Danjuma. I think even if they don't really have that much of a semblance of like going forward other than like counterattack kind of play or turning them over and then just running with the ball, I still feel like that's enough. Their defense is, eh. Tarkovsky's been at least better these last few games especially, but Branthwaite stepped up well. Yeah. Their wide defenders are not the best. Ducore has been just as good in attack as kind of winning the ball back and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like this Everton will take the cake for unluckiest team so far, but let's uh let's go to the last two to see who can get second for you, okay? We have Brentford, uh, who are 15th in the table, and expected goal, expected point kind of total, we're looking at 8th. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't see that. And part of that is maybe just if Tony's on the end of these chances like he normally would be, maybe they're right. Maybe Brentford would be like eighth again or ninth or tenth. That's That was my initial thought when I looked at it. I was like, I don't think so because they're just not playing that well. I was like, well, they're missing their best player by far. And their best player is just a natural nine. So maybe if he just had those chances, they would be up there. What do you think about that? Maybe. I think I think they've taken a step back. It's hard to say whether that's due to him or whether it's just a natural step back. Um, it really depends how you want to look at it. If, if you think their step back is in terms of interceptions and tackles in midfield or, or the defensive aspect slash goalkeeper aspect, or if you think it's the attack... Brian Abuma was popping off the first like four or five games and now it's kind of tailed off and Wisa is being exposed as yes, he should just be a backup kind of guy. Um, and the young guys haven't stepped up quite yet. Shada had it going for a little bit and then he got hurt. So, you know, I, I don't know. My, my counter to that, the Tony argument would be how many points have, have their goalkeepers lost them so far this season uh well at least at least one 
against Man U. <laughs> yes. You could say all three. I mean, so. Flecken was very poor before that as well. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, he's, I can't, he's been bottom five. Can't pull specifics out of my head right now, but I'm sure there had to be at least a couple points dropped due solely to him. Yeah. I mean, that, that game against Bournemouth, I feel like that may have had one. I don't remember, but I'm just assuming here. Yeah, I mean, if you give me a second, I'll pull up Brentford's stuff here and we can kind of walk through game by game, but it's one of those things. Obviously, United, um, Forrest really couldn't have done anything about losing to Everton. That was just the midfield kind of calamity game. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. They, they make small mistakes, but yeah, for sure this United game has been bad. They've definitely had the worst goalkeeper rotation in the league. So They're on that Southampton tier. <laughs> goalkeeper. Goal Someone keeping. has to be rotating goalies. Someone needs the carousel at mm-hmm. all times. Uh, yeah, I, I would settle on they're not. They haven't been unlucky. But I saw them and I was like, eh. And the last but not least, Luton. Luton. Luton, points table, 17th. Expected they're 15th, but they have a case to be second here, in my opinion, Sam. Well, Because they've had some they've had some serious things go against them, and I'm not sure why. I'm very I'm not sure why. They should have had a late penalty against West Ham, which could have seen them grab their first point. Yep. Yes? Yep. Um I felt like they could have won the Wolves game. I'm not saying they deserve to, but I'm saying it I could envision where they would have won that game. Are you agreeing with that? Um, you know, I can't can't picture it in my memory at the moment, but I'm just going to say yes as a okay. as a recently appointed mad hatter. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. They should have won all their games. Well, they could have at least drew with Burnley. Those are the ones that stick they out in drew my with mind. Burnley. Yeah. Fulham, they didn't create much in attack that game, so I can't really yeah. hate on them in that one. And the Brighton and Chelsea games are just not winnable. That's not feasible. So, um, yeah, and they I mean, actually I, played. I feel like de- they've had a couple. They played decently against uh, Tottenham after the first like twenty thirty, 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. So if you had to unrank unluckiest clubs, Everton one, probably Luton two. I guess Chelsea Newcastle tie for three and four, and then Brentford fifth. Yeah, I don't know. I say saying these clubs are unlucky. I feel like is it's too strong for me personally. I Newcastle maybe due to strength of schedule, but hey, they're a really good team. So. Um, Everton. They won't let you say that Everton and Luton were an unlucky. Everton, as much as I, I keep saying buy Everton stocks, still they just haven't been very convincing. Luton, obviously, they're not very good. Um, Brentford, I feel like have been very poor, and then Chelsea's just like I have no idea what Chelsea even is at this moment. I'm gonna make you at least admit that Everton should have beat Fulham in that first game. By the fact that there I was agree. a drop ball that was not called. 
Hey, I'm not saying don't buy Everton stock because I've been banging the drum of buy Everton stock, but still, I think we have to hold Everton accountable. <laughs> well, yes, they were te- they drew with Sheffield. They're the only team that gave Sheffield a point, so yes, that's fair. Well, and also they lost to Luton. <laughs> well, that's pretty tough to beat them. As a team that Todd Bowley, you know, he, Chelsea 3-0, you know. Yes. But what what can you say? Yes. Luton's a tough team. Absolutely. Right, I agree 100%. Let's rank the doomsday likelihood for these teams. This is what I'm talking about. Burn it down. Nottingham Forest. So they've looked a lot better lately. I'm still waiting for the terrible, terrible defense to rear its ugly head. <laughs> it's it's in there. It's in there. You can't convince me otherwise. I saw it last year. They've only made marginal improvements to it. I just don't trust it. Can you talk me out of this? Well, I don't think Forrest is very good. I mean, I think their defense is... It's okay. They're still rolling out Joe Worrell and... They are, but it feels no. it feels a little better than last season. It feels more solid. I'm kind of concerned about the attack hasn't been clicking. Um, I want to get shut down. Yeah. I feel okay about the attack. Just, yeah, I'm telling you, I think he's just a five-game player. He starts the year well and ends the season well. <laughs> um, in, ter- in terms of the rest of the league, though, I, I think there's worse teams out there. So Doomsday, I would say, like... Uh, Twenty-five percent. Well, we're gonna rank. We're gonna rank these five teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm giving you percentages. Okay. We got. I reject your standards. We have. We have number one doomsday team (laughs) slash hundred percent. Dude, it's it's World War Three in this world of Sheffield United. Their their day has already come. The eight nil. They're at judgment day right now. No, their head's chopped off. The Is guillotine there? already fell. Yeah. And there's just no way, Sam? No. There's no way. They couldn't sign anyone that would change your mind? No. Not even, you know, Neymar regrows his ACL and he signs on a free form? Not a chance. Okay. Sorry, Sheffield. I wish we had more for you, but... Messi on loan. I hate your team. I hate your team. <laughs> Bournemouth. Sam, I'm very concerned about the whole team in general. We were very high on this team last year, and they proved us right. This year, we're even higher on them, and they're proving us wrong. And I feel like it's Ariola's fault. I agree. Curse of Gaz O'Neill. I mean, he's haunting them. Yeah. Because My... the signings they made have been solid. Yeah, they have been. And they still have good players. But the problem is, this is how I live my life. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. That's fair. The grass ain't always greener on the other side, my friend. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, just because you, you see this nice Spanish man with his fancy tactics yeah. doesn't mean doesn't that's going to work. He can bring it to Bournemouth and it's going to work. Absolutely not. Um, what component of Bournemouth worries you the most right now? Goalkeeper, defense, midfielder, attack? Uh... I don't for think, me, I think it might be midfield. Yeah, it it's midfield. But the defense, is, the defense is spooky too. But 
I think it's midfield because it's what connects them that really kind of worries me. I think because when I watch them, they're pressing up, but teams break the press so easy that there's truly no midfield there, and teams can just run straight forward and they're right at the defense. I think it's midfield, but I think there's a bigger issue behind it, and I think that's the tactics. Okay. So you're you're pinning virtually all this on Iriola, correct? Yes. Okay. Hashtag justice if for they guys. Sack him, if they sack him, who do you hire? Um, Big Sam? I'd love it. I mean, Tony, who, is Tony Pila still around? Who who else is out there? I, you know, I I need a, like a list of people who are out there. I gotta say, I'm very proud of Graham Potter for not taking like any job. He's like holding out for like a Champions League tier job because he got the Chelsea job. It's very awesome for him. Um, yeah, I don't even know who Bournemouth could hire. Quite frankly, um, Lopetegui. Go with he, the old switcheroo. Yeah, I'm sure he would love that. Well, they, they've been spending money, at least. Yeah. I don't know if I would want to do that. Conte? Conte. I mean, genuinely, I don't know who it is. Is it... I mean, Lampard? Lampard? Ole? Maybe. No, not uh, Ole. Dean Smith? Dean Smith, maybe. Nathan Jones? Definitely not Nathan Jones. He's still in the Javi Gracia? Definitely not Javi Gracia. I think last Gracia. episode I threw out uh, Jesse Marsh is what I threw out. Jesse Marsh, I'd actually like that. Underrated. You get back on the train, then the Bournemouth train? Yes, and I think he would do so well with that team. You know, that's that's a team where you you're not winning because of your your tactical superiority and because you have better players in every position. You're winning because you have heart and soul and the eleven thousand fans in the Vitality Stadium are roaring and cheering you on to victory. Um Chris Wilder. Yeah, I don't Move think on. I don't think so. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I, I gave my speech. Uh, um, Burnley. I feel like it's just they somehow got to find a way to keep possession enough to where they're, they can just focus on their attack. Because that's their strength is their attack. And it's not necessarily that their attack can only play counterattack like some teams that are not very good. When they're in possession, it's fine. And they can, you know, they can do some stuff. Uh it's once other teams kind of get them pinned in. That's where it goes bad, Sam. Yeah. That's where it goes real bad. Yeah, I don't think they're that bad. I mean, for me, I feel like it's kind of a coin flip at this point. If they stay up or go down. Yeah, I still feel like I would we bet haven't... Them, I would favor them to go down. I feel like we haven't quite seen them at their best at their, Oh, no, 100% not. And they kind of have an unlucky schedule in terms of, like, it's just a good spread of them facing a bunch of tough teams. They don't just have, like, an easy stretch where it's like, all right, this is where we got to be in form and, you know, make hay. It's like, yeah, they're playing Bournemouth, Everton, Luton, like, all in one stretch. They don't really have that, unfortunately. So Yeah, they started City, Villa, Spurs, Forest, United, Newcastle, Luton, Chelsea. That's a pretty tough schedule. 
pretty tough. Play Luton in there. That's real tough. Yeah. The Mad Hatters. Um, Going to Kenilworth Road. The Ken. Yeah. We called it the Ken. A good lad of ours put in the last uh, YouTube video. He He's trying to get that going on their uh, subreddit and stuff. And then he said the actual nickname, but I'm blanking on it, unfortunately. The Kenny. Shout out to Watford's finest. Uh, let's go. Let's go to uh, the last team, Wolves. Sam, what's their doomsday likelihood? Zero percent. You know why? Zero? Because they have gas at the wheel. No. <laughs> okay. I I don't think you could say zero percent unless you're insane. But it's getting lower. Uh, their defense. Yeah, their defense still worries me. I think it'll be fine as the year goes on, as long as they don't lose Kilman or Dawson injury. I have. I do have plenty of faith in them. Yeah. Um, they're still, like we said, they're getting the chance creation. It's just they need the goal scorer. And right now the goal scorer is Huang Hee Chan. He's in form. But it's like, how long will that last? Because he's always hurt. Their midfield is just like, send it to fucking Mars at this point. Like, it sucks. It sucks. I'm done with it. Um, yeah. And I really, I know you're totally out on them. And I'm like, I have like one percent of faith left in him. I just think he doesn't translate to this league. But we need something out of Cunha, and we need it like now. Same with Fabio Silva. Where I'm is he? Not, he was I'm supposed not to be good. Completely out on Cunha. I just don't really like him as like the sole striker. It's just kind of not his forte. Yeah, I, think, I mean, he's kind of like a false nine. Yeah. Ten. Kind of guy, anyways, but um, yeah, relying on Lamina and Troy and Jao Gomez. I think Jao Gomez has been like one of the worst players I've ever seen that like starts on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, Lamina is like a championship tier player, too. Not even that. He's not even, he's like, who's the worst team in Turkey? Something spore. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on something spore in my mind. Um, but what would you, if you rank those teams, obviously Sheffield's number one, who would you say second? Burnley? I feel like Bournemouth at the moment. Bournemouth, okay. I, I can see something out of Burnley. Yeah, Bournemouth, hard I to just, see something out of Bournemouth. Not with, not, not with Irola. Yes. Yeah, and then I'd say, then I'd say Burnley three... And then I'd kind of put a tie probably for Forest and Wolves. Okay. I'd probably say Wolves are more than likely than Forest. I like Forest personnel. And we've seen Steve Cooper stay up, so I I feel okay with that. Yeah, I think um, they're both at like a 5% chance. Let's move on. A little rapid fire, Sam. Yes. In these next four games, who will rise the most from the bottom half of the table? Okay, let me look at the the table. Um, you know, it's right tough, now, it's tough looking, not analyzing the schedule, you know, over the next games, but, um, yeah, without I, to I say, people, they don't have to look it up. It's United 10th, Chelsea 11th, Fulham 12th, Forest 13th, Wolves 14th, Brentford 15th, Everton 16th, Luton 17th. And then in the relegation zone, we have Burnley, Bournemouth and Sheffield. 
I would say maybe, maybe. I mean, I think just position alone, Brentford is in a spot where they could do that. Okay. Um, I would say maybe Chelsea, but they're kind of high up there anyways. They're, they're 11th. We have, we have Brentford, have Burnley, Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool next. Two tough ones. Okay, maybe And they've not. taken What's two Chelsea points get? from their last five. What's that? What's Chelsea got? Chelsea have a tough batch coming up as well here. They have uh, Arsenal, Brentford, Tottenham City. Okay, maybe But not. I feel like that actually works kind of for Chelsea in a sense because teams, those teams won't just uh, sit back and make Chelsea break them down, you wouldn't think, but who knows. Um, I think I might steal your team. I think Everton, but they have a tough set of uh, games as well, Sam. Everton are looking at, let me, why did it go away? It went away. Liverpool, West Ham, Brighton, Palace. Not very easy no to say the least um i think i'm gonna go with wolves because they have bournemouth and sheffield in there so i feel like wolves could do a little bit of uh gain a little bit of ground in there um otherwise the other option would probably be uh maybe burnley i mean they play brentford bournemouth palace and then arsenal yeah, I think it's doing a little damage. I'm going to stick with Wolves. Wolves is going to get hot. Yeah. I thought you won't be. It won't be Sheffield playing Man U, Arsenal, Wolves, and Brighton. Tell you what. I tell you what. All right, Sam. Mm-hmm. How about team from the top half that's going to fall the most? Right now we have Tottenham, Arsenal, City, Liverpool in the top four. Followed by Villa, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, and Manchester United. Man, this is... This Man, is... you technically can't fall further unless they go into the bottom <laughs> half. <laughs> yeah, which, hey, can't, can't be ruled out. Yes. Let's, um, let me take a look at Crystal Palace, maybe. Crystal Palace play yeah. Newcastle, Spurs, Burnley, Everton. So, you it, know, there's potential. 50-50 there. There is definitely potential on Let's that one. Aston Villa got. Villa's got West Ham, Luton, Forest, Fulham. That's not too bad. Feel pretty good about them. What about Brighton? It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Brighton's got a all right kind of mix. City, Fulham, Everton, well. Sheffield United. Yeah, it's not either. You know, maybe it'll just kind of stay the same. <laughs> you want to bet? You want to bet on that? That's gonna stay the same. Uh, what what kind of odds are we getting here? Uh, not very good ones. Are we sure it's not Arsenal, Chelsea, Sheffield, Newcastle, Burnley? You get a little Burnley loss in there. We'll drop points there. Maybe. <laughs> no, I tried to no, I tried to just see because I was looking at it earlier and I was like, man, I don't know. There's just a chance that it's West Ham who play Villa, Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest. That's what mm-hmm. I settled on. Maybe some draws in there. Yeah, also those teams aren't really gonna play into their hand necessarily and be like, okay, we're gonna hold the ball. I mean Villa will. 
Don't get me wrong. But Everton? Everton's going to want to rock fight with them and be like, no, you hold the ball. Mm -hmm. Brentford doesn't love to hold the ball. Forrest sometimes love to hold the ball, and that's not okay. But So I settled on West Ham for my team. That'll fall off a bit. Player to gain form. And also player to lose form. To gain form. Who's had a slow start? Needs to get it clicking. I mean, the obvious choice is even though he's still playing well, it's it's Holland. But yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely. Uh, I mean, maybe you say Hoyland in terms of not strictly form, but goal scoring. Yeah, I would also. I don't know who it'll be, but I'm gonna go with a Brighton attacking player. Someone's just gonna start popping off. Yeah, it could be a mix of Matoma, Ferguson, Enciso, or. Joao Pedro, I Danny, I don't Danny know. Welbeck. Danny Welbeck, <laughs> can't rule it out. Could, could be, could very well be. I mean, could be Roy well, Miggy Almiron. You know, maybe maybe one of Luis Diaz or Cody Gakpo. Yeah, Liverpool have a manageable uh, kind of schedule coming up. So who are you gonna go with? I'll say Luis Diaz. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go... Let me look at Man City's... Uh, they got some tough teams. Man City play Brighton, United, Bournemouth, and Chelsea. Not the easiest. Uh, even though I haven't seen much from them, I'll, I'll throw... Since the City kind of need more attack, I'll say uh, Jeremy Doku. Okay. Goes to popping off. I don't feel great about it. Player to lose form, Sam. Who's going to lose some form? Um, I think I'd say Edward is is a a pick. Slowly might, slipping. My throw in there. He's slipping. He hasn't scored or assisted in a few games. Yeah, and he kind of kind of felt like maybe a little bit fortunate so far this season. Just yeah, looking at his historical Crystal Palace career. That's fair. I mean, he's sitting at four goals right now. That's pretty good. Yeah. And Buemo would be an easy call, but he's kind of slipped out of form, as we know. Same with Awani. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's tough to tough to say. I'm gonna say Sterling as more guys come back for Chelsea, and okay. they don't. They're not as reliant on him that's kind of a cop-out answer but i'm still gonna go with it so i like it i like it thank you thank you for your approvals oh you're welcome any sackings well i think the obvious one we're pretty late would probably be paul hecking bottom why hasn't it happened yet that's what i'm wondering i don't think they care is the problem huh I suppose. I mean, that was <laughs> what makes like them whole, start to care. Their whole transfer strategy was like, yeah, eh, we'll let everyone whatever. leave. Bring in one or two guys on loan. It's like they didn't know that the season started in August. It's like they didn't know they had Paul Heckingbottom still as their manager from championship. Uh, anyone else? Because, I mean, this time last year, obviously, there's a handful already sacked, I think three or four. Um, Anyone really stand out to you as far as could go down? 
Because if you had to rank the top three, it'd probably be Hecking bottom one. Even though they just got him, I think it has to be Areola up there as well. Um, and then it might just be Eric Tenhog. I don't know anyone else who's like fully under the gun like those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I feel like Iraola might have a longer leash just because the owners don't want to be embarrassed that they made a bad decision type deal. True. Absolutely. Um, you know, After that, I just don't see who it would be. Sean Dash, maybe. You know, this Guardiola? Is, this, <laughs> fraudulent, yes. I mean, if Fulham really kind of fell off, maybe Marco Silva, but I doubt it. Yeah. I feel like that'll end more of like Marco Silva going nutso before that happens and he'll kind of fire himself basically or quit. Yeah, he kind of just like craps all over himself and the team like has no choice but to fire him and it's like, oh. Yeah. It's like the McDonald's employee that like freaks out and gets caught like on video like throwing a shake at some kid. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we don't really have a choice. You're kind of just Yeah, done. you forced our hand into doing this. <laughs> um... Any hot takes and stuff before we preview uh, match day nine? I mean, Luton, club of the future. That's my hot take. They're awesome. Their stadium is awesome. The Ken. The Ken is fantastic. Um, hot takes. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's a hot take that Bournemouth, you know, our our stance on, on Bournemouth and Iraola. I don't think so. I think people kind of know it's not uh, clicking right now. Okay. Um, Maybe our, our stance on Fulham? I would say that's fair. That might be uh, might be something. But I, I think the, like... idea that Man- the idea that Man City are just going to snap out of it. Oh, it's Guardiola. It's going to be fine. It's just going to be fine, Sam. I think they will be fine. Right away? Once they get Rodri back, they'll be they'll be fine. I don't know. I think they got to figure some stuff out. I think they absolutely got to figure some stuff out. Um, I think uh, one hot take is that Newcastle is going to start shooting straight up the table again, and I think that they're going to be right around top four by the next time we have one of these podcasts. Okay. okay. Yeah. I also fair. think United are it's kind of fair where they're at and I think they're going to kind of hang around. I don't think they could be higher than sixth or seventh this year. Yeah. Even sixth feels kind of like a stretch. It feels a lot. It feels like a lot. They've been so mediocre. If they lose to Sheffield. (laughs) Well, then you gotta, then you gotta sack him, right? (laughs) I suppose. I laugh because it's not laughing at Ten Hag. It's more laughing at the idea of someone losing to Sheffield. Well, I'm I'm laughing at Ten Hag, but, you know, teach well, I, You know, I normally do, but not in that case. Not even that man could lose to Sheffield. <laughs> that is true. Let's go and preview some games. Lettuce. Lettuce. Liverpool-Everton, Merseyside-Darby, Sam. Nice early Merseyside-Everton on the come-up. Liverpool, strong as always. You know, I think it's just 
you want to say Everton will put up a fight, but ultimately it's got to be Liverpool. I'm going to say uh, 3-1 Liverpool. One's at Anfield. Seems like it never goes. I mean, besides the Phil Jaggy Elka one, um, blast in what 2014-15 season. Uh, it never really goes in their favor. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, well, last year was kind of weird because Everton pl- kind of outplayed them, but it was a goofy game, anyways. I'm gonna go with uh, Liverpool three nil. Right. Even though it's a, a derby, I think a little, little pressure is going to be on Dyche. Yeah. After uh, this one. Next game is the Gaz O'Neill derby. Bournemouth versus Ooh. Wolves at the Vitality. I'd love to see Wolves go in and just bounce Bournemouth like 3 0 or something. You'd love to see it, but will it happen? Probably not. Um, I think you're looking at a. Uh, a very boring, very boring game of Bournemouth holding possession and Wolves kind of just looking to not necessarily spring a counter, but do a lot with a little. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw, and I don't feel very good about it. It could easily be nil-nil, but I figured that's what you'd pick, so I didn't go with that. I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. Okay. Uh, Brentford Burnley. Brantford versus Burnley. You know, I think... Don't rule out Burnley in this one. Don't rule it out. I think... You know, Brentford, Brentford are so weird because after this international break, they could come back and look like a completely different team. They they're, absolutely could. They're very up and down for how, you know, they're constantly around, like, 7th to 13th place. They're very up and down. And I... I think if Brentford have one thing going for them, it's I feel like they'll suit up well against Burnley's defense. Yeah. Yeah, Burnley's defense that has a lot of um error proneness, we'll say, to yeah. their to their game. Brentford'll yeah. make those teams pay. I'm going to go with a uh, Brentford 2 to 1 victory. I'll say I'll say 1-0 Brentford. City Brighton. At that he had. Hank doesn't think they one. can do it. I think with Rodri back, they'll be cooking again. It'll be a tough game, but I think they just overpower Brighton. Especially in the midfield. Past couple of games, Brighton have fucked around with having a youth player or something in midfield. And I mean, now they have the new guy that played. Quite okay for the first half, and then look completely gassed more of in the Igor. second half. Yeah, any more Igor in defense? More Igor. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, City two one. As I don't know, I'll I say, don't feel great about it. Play City two nil. Newcastle Crystal Palace. This one over the last couple of years has always been a weird one. I don't know why. Remember last year it was what a goalless draw, but there's definitely like a foul that should have been a pen. It wasn't called or a goal was overturned. And it's a very odd uh, game to say the least. Uh, Newcastle obviously will be, you know, getting ready for Champions League and stuff. So maybe a little squad rotation and Tonali, who knows with him, he's been such an impactful player in the team so far. You could say potentially top three impactful guy by, you know, Anthony Gordon and Trippier. So, 
I'm going to go Newcastle 1-0, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, past results, 0-0, 0-0, So I don't think there will be a lot of goals. I think I think Newcastle will grind out 1-0. Oh, we're on the same page, which means it's going to happen. Forrest Luton. Forrest versus Luton. This is interesting. This is interesting. This... The city ground. If if Luton want to do it, they got to do it. They got to do it at games like this. They got to try and get a point. Yes. They got to try and get a point. Yeah, I just don't know. They have a lot of air proneness to their game, but sometimes Forest like clinical attack is just like, or it's uh, very not very clinical to say the least. Um, and they don't really make teams pay, so yeah. that kind of that bothers me in this one. I'm gonna go Forest two nil, but I don't feel great about it. I, I'm saying that in every one of these games, I truly don't. Like I don't have a good read on any of these this week. I'm going to say 1-0, and I feel... Or, I'm going to say 1-1, and I feel great about it. Good. Good for you. The Hank Zam Derby, <laughs> Chelsea Arsenal. Yeah, loser gets removed from the podcast. Yeah, will be replaced by Watford's finest. Yeah. Um, Or potentially Wolves' finest. I know Joe wants to come on the pod. We should have him on one, one week. <laughs> have someone on. We should start having guests on. Uh, segment. It would be fantastic. Stamford Bridge. Arsenal have kind of had the edge the last uh, year or so. But, you know, Chelsea had it going for, you know, five to ten years. So maybe it's a five to ten year run for Arsenal. Maybe. Perhaps. What are you going to be looking for in this game? Kai Havertz? Kai Havertz revenge game. I just... I I really don't know what to expect watching Chelsea. You know they could. Show I don't know. Up you wonder because now back or... to back to back wins for them. Yeah. Albeit against not very good teams, but the performances were really solid and very much actually pragmatic. You know, they there's a lot of games earlier this year where Poch was kind of like you wondered you're like why is he doing this? He's really sticking to his guns. Now he's kind of went back to that back four, and he's, I think he kind of understands what his personnel is. Uh, I'll go Arsenal 2-1, but I don't feel great about it. Or 2-0, uh, but I don't feel great about it. I'll say 2-2 two, two draw. That's a terrible pick. Can we write that up? Can we just take that? I'd take one point out of that. <laughs> That's the world we live in. I have to take points. You got to earn point your points. Arsenal. Yeah. Really? Sheffield Man U, which is somehow the one what one o'clock game on Saturday. Hey, at Who least made these games? At least it's not on USA. They, they did this with United against Burnley too a few weeks back. Who the hell did this? Terrible, terrible scheduling. Also, did you see the tweet? Um, that was like. It's Liverpool fans always complaining that they don't get rest advantage and stuff. But have you seen like their our time six thirty uh, starts for like when they come back from international breaks over the last like ten years or something like that? Uh, is it a lot? It's like they're they're the highest and it's thirteen, and the next highest is like six. 
It is kind of weird. Like that's, I mean, all the teams are going to play that day for the most part, you know, it's eight to 10 games, but still it's like, that is kind of weird that like, why do they have it so much earlier than other teams? Very odd. Yeah. I guess it's part of just being a good team. You're going to be in marquee matchups. It just depends on which slot you get. But when you're Sheffield United, you get the late game. Apparently. They put them on late because they think everyone will be in bed anyways. Yeah. Uh, so what are you looking for in this game, Sam? Just because your eyes are going to have to watch it. I'm going to make you. Yeah, this game will probably be completely awful for about 89 minutes. And then <laughs> someone from United will score. Veron or Lindelof, like, crap tapping at the back post. Yeah, something like that. And United win 1-0. Ten Hag saves his job, and United fans brace for their title charge. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with United 2-0. Hoyland first goal. Okay. Hoyland. Um, what did you pick for that one? 1-0. 1-0. Villa West Ham. Solid solo Sunday game, if you're Blair just going to have blue. one. Derby. Yes. This is a solid, solid game. Tough to pick uh, between these two teams. Both both pretty solid. West Ham obviously will probably sit back quite a bit. Might uh, frustrate Aston Villa. They'll have to be clinical. See if they can counter on a couple, couple chances. They probably won't have uh, very many chances to get on the counter, so that might be tough. No, but it's going to be open. It will be open at least once or twice. I I would say uh, three to one Aston Villa. Three to one, huh? I I don't I think see... they're gonna roll with Aguard. I think they're gonna, and this might be the game where he finally gets dropped afterwards. But you know how Moises he loves to hold on to his guys. That's true. He has his guys. I'm gonna say two one Villa. Okay. Their all time record is uh, twenty one draws, fourteen wins for West Ham, thirteen wins for Villa. So if Villa win, it's a it's an equalizer. For the all-time tally. Last but not least, Tottenham and Fulham. The Vinicius, Carlos Vinicius revenge game. Is this possible? Please, make it happen. Is there anything that's catching your eye in this one? The Manor Solomon revenge game? The Manor Solomon. You know, he's unfortunately out for like the whole year, practically. Uh, I think I think this will probably be a pretty comfortable game for Tottenham at home and, you know... It'll just boost their their uh, fans' confidence, whether just or unjust. I think that's what'll happen. So I'm going to say Tottenham 2-0. Pretty comfortable victory. Okay. I'm going to go with a draw. I have no inclination as to why. I'm just going to go with a draw. I don't feel... Once again, do not feel good. I'm, I feel like I'm this... sick of this. I'm sick of it, Hank. You must. I think feel the best good. game I feel good. The only game I feel good about is Villa West Ham. I feel like Villa can win that. All right. Well, that's the only one I feel. That's my lock of the week. There it is. Villa's going to beat West Ham. I can't wait for you to go a perfect ten for ten. Yeah. Well, you know, I at least get the one I felt great about right. So. True. <sighs> All right. Any bold prediction for the week? Mudrick goal? Um, Mudrick, yeah, let's go. I don't know how bold that is, though. He's on fire. He is on fire. Might as well say Salah or Holland score at this point. Mudrick's on fire. 
Your defense is terrified. Moon drinks on fire. Your defense is terrified. La 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 Amazing. Yeah. So what's the bold what's the bold prediction? Let's hear it. Uh um let me look who's gonna score for Luton here. Yes. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be Ogbene. He's gonna cook. Suck Bene. Alright. We'll hold you to it. Until Please next do. week. Make sure you like, subscribe. And you most importantly, leave a comment. Keep on perusing. Adios, mis amigos. Bye.